0: I feel that really translates well to like the, you know, not taking anything too seriously, having mm. fun, laughable lyrics, lyrics that have you saying, what the fuck? Or, you know, tracks that have you saying, wait, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Am I listening to like a fucking sex tape right now?
1: <laughs> hey streamers and dreamers, my name is Kika Lomo and you are listening to The Week by Telecom Electronic Beats. It's Thursday, July 6th, and this is your weekly update on music, culture and what's next. For this week's episode, we are getting a little dirty. Dance floors have always been a space for personal exploration and free expression. But one thing we've noticed lately is the resurgence of vocals and lyrics that put a certain kind of casual, sexually explicit energy front and center. You can call it tongue in cheek or tongue wherever else, but sexual humor is back in dance music in a big way. Thing is, it never really went away. Saucy sexual lyrics, funny or not, are nothing new in dance music. Whether it's the orgasmic breakdown in songs like Lil Louis' French Kiss, the bed squeak sample of Jersey Club, or the output of seminal labels like Dance Mania and genres like Ghetto Tech, there's a long history of sexual expression of various seriousness in dance music. It shouldn't be surprising, given that the spaces where this music thrives are often safe havens for people to reclaim and express their sexuality or generally feel more comfortable and confident in their bodies. And our guests for this episode know exactly what we're talking about. MCRT and Miss Bashful are in fact husband and wife. They're both based in Berlin, but just got married in Las Vegas by an Elvis impersonator, which tells you a little bit about their sense of humour. They also just put out a new album on Live From Earth Club called Tutti Pop. As they say, it's music to make you laugh, cry and shake that ass. Welcome, welcome. Hey, hey.
0: Thank you,
1: baby. Oh, What's cool. up? How are you guys doing?
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic.
1: We love to see you. are both glowing, you know. Is it Shea Butter? Is it Cocoa Butter? You. Is it the sun?
0: It's Cocoa Butter and the sun. Oh.
2: And the ordinary
1: and the sun. We, we love,
2: love
1: it. Shout out to the nice <laughs> cinema And the Frosé. And the Frosé. They're <laughs> sipped through straws of pasta. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, technically we're on date night. I mean, date day today. We said like Tuesday is our ratchet date day. Oh,
1: Cute. And
0: uh, ratchet date day meaning we get extra glammed up, but like. 2k y2k glam
1: we love it
0: and uh we just start getting ratchet
1: we love it we love it welcome we're so <laughs> glad that we could be the first or well, one of the first stops in your ratchet day day today <laughs> yes. it's an honor <laughs> thank uh, you so much no problem Thanks for having us. so you just released your first album together tootsie pop which has track titles like slut commandments dj on your face the ultimate sex track and sad slut mm-hmm. what was the inspiration behind this album
2: Life,
0: (laughs) okay. Um, Right off the bat, I think if we talk about titles, then a lot of time, I feel like when we first started dating, uh, we used to call each other just like Tootsie Pop because our tits yeah, because like, that's like What's a up, su- yeah that's like some southern <laughs> and so people call each other tits it's like the german pendant to schatz oder yeah. meinchen so
2: <laughs> from like the 1950s yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's giving like transatlantic
0: you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. accent um yeah no so basically we i mean ever since I, I bumped into this fine woman um <laughs> I have uh, been very inspired to to see where our energy takes us, and I think like the the album was literally just a, you know, product of bouncing off each other's craziness in the studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, how you feel about it?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the inspiration also came from like like me and DBBDs. Um, like EPs, Slep Bobs One and Slep Bobs Two. So, just like also playing off of that and then mixing it with the MCRT universe love and stuff it. like that. Yeah, and yeah. like Slep Positivity. Mm-hmm. We love
1: it. And we love the crossover. Yeah. We love the, the positivity, all about it. And are you inspired by other specific artists, either from the past or present, that you feel have reclaimed or integrated a strong sexuality in their music?
2: Definitely, like, fucking Nicki Minaj, yes. of course, and, like, um, also my biggest inspo is Miss Kitten, mm-hmm. yeah, um,
0: yeah, obviously both the fans of, uh, of of Kitten and The Hacker, and the, the combination was, like, a, a very, uh, as a, a very inspiring, you know, take on music that was, like, popping, I think, beginning of the 2000s or mm-hmm. something, um, but, obviously, adding our, like, contemporary twist on it, because I was, like, you know, it felt kind of, like, larger than life when they did it, but I feel like when also DVD and, and Miss B did it, it, gave it that very relatable, like, hey, I'm watching this as a home video, but it just goes hard for, like, no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you know, considering the fact that it did go hard as shit, but... Um, yeah, and so just taking, you know, inspos from, like, the dance, as a, for me, at least from the dance mania, then, like, the electro, the French electro scene, and then, you know, just adding our sassiest, uh, sassiness to mm-hmm. it uh, was, like, the...
2: Yeah, I think a lot of, like, bad bitch rap also inspired me, to mm-hmm. like, coming out of the U.S. Mm-hmm. also. Yeah. But with the techno. With a little techno twist, tech yeah, yeah, us, yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, like, writing it was, like... Also funny because it's like a lot of the the subject matter and the text and stuff came very naturally Mm. of like what we wanted to say. But obviously if I were to go on record and say all the things that were said by Viv at some point would not be as representative if not even like cancel worthy for Mm. for me. So uh, it works very well if we have such a a strong uh, woman at the forefront, you know. Actually,
1: that's something that I wanted to touch on because um, a lot of the time with sexual humour and explicit content, it's received differently when it's delivered by a man or a woman or any other gender for that matter. Have you seen or experienced any sense of misogyny or that comes from this kind of confidence as a woman, specifically for you, Ms. Pashford? And do you think that there's, like, some elements of hypocrisy that comes to male producers and DJs being treated differently? Like, I think about, for example, DJ Assault, for right? You know, like, I mean... Controversial one, but you know, like what <laughs> like I think still you still like. You know that, I think there's them. a meme of like this person yeah. like like elevating off of a bed being like the feminism leaving my body when i <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. A DJ assault yeah. track comes on. But yeah. they, it's recognizable that there is a very different response. Even here you know, yeah. take a look at like you say, like um Where else Pussy with with Kylie B yeah. and and whatnot and all these reactions to for example with Janelle Monet now reclaiming her body and her sexuality. Like do do you see those differences and have you experienced
2: that in your music? I haven't really experienced a lot of anything like that Amazing. to be honest, except from like my mom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or I like can, I know that feeling. <laughs> or like my yeah, my Mexican family to be honest. But other than that, like it's been kind of chill. Yeah,
0: for for you, uh, I think it's uh, you don't have a whole lot of. Um, uh, I don't know. you say angry You don't have like a whole lot of room for criticism yeah. since we are in like the pinnacle of uh, of, of you know safe space, free expression yeah. and stuff. And this is like you know literally what the free space is catered to. You know, yeah. so uh, marginalized people and also uh, women can you know express themselves. Yeah, like this. I also
2: feel like it's our time. Like it's the it's women. We it's love like, it. It's so, girl yeah. power <laughs> times. Period.
0: Like, but uh, like from a male perspective, I feel like the DJ saw it. the comparison is very, very fitting because uh, I think he gets like uh, a pass for pioneering. But at the same time, um, I mean, everybody knows that the the views and also who's who it's catered to is kind of like very much, you know, the misogynistic, mm-hmm. you know, brackets. But... The irony in it being that also every anything dance mania that is like, you know, made from hood niggas at the end of the day is like co-signed by your favorite triple A white techno DJs. Mm. And that legitimizes the whole thing. So there's like, you know, a big divide and like, yo, I know it's ratchet, you know, it's supposed to be hood music. So not the same measure of of of, you know, PC applies because niggas been saying bitches and hoes and calling any yeah. inanimate object a mm. bitch or hoe. I'm in this hole. I'm in this bitch and yeah. it's like not that deep sometimes but
1: I was actually gonna also touch on that it's like you guys are reading the questions <laughs> from my mind because actually you know specifically in the context of you know we're in Berlin we're very much in this like techno scene or like the, the dance scene and people be taking themselves extremely seriously yes. <laughs> like in my personal That's opinion way, way too seriously yeah. and have you had any challenges in that context you know you, you've like kind of rebranded it as slut techno yeah. like have, have you seen any response to the fact that the scene can be so serious but you, you guys are you know taking it a little bit more lightheartedly
0: I feel like the response being, we see it in the fans, uh, the, like the fans, that's the biggest, you know, response. We see that they have fun and being and seeing relatable people and seeing, uh, I think, relatability is like the, the utmost, you know, uh, the biggest factor in making a, a nice record even nicer. Um, and so, yeah, we're literally surrounded by people at shows every weekend that are serious about music but at the same time as we are we're also serious about music but we're not trying to make this like a a pissing contest mm. at the same yeah. time yeah
2: and i feel like we we like help people like be more like expressive and like people come to the shows looking really slutty we and just love fun it. and like
0: yeah that i mean that's like
2: yeah they just want to have i feel like they just want to have more fun yeah. yeah
0: i feel like you attract uh you attract you know this this free spiritedness, free spiritedness, mm. um, in like the, the the fan community that comes to like our shows, and then I attract maybe like just the the hardcore anything goes mm. raver, and that mixes very well because I feel like at our release party at Inn, for instance, it was just like body piles over each other, just like trying to. I mean, people of every you know walk of life, but just trying to get as crazy as possible. Mm. I feel that really translates well to like the, you know, not taking anything too seriously, having Mm. fun, laughable lyrics, lyrics that have you saying, what the fuck? Or, you know, tracks that have you saying, wait, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Am I listening to like a fucking sex tape right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I I think it's so important. I think honestly... From my perspective, you know, dance music comes from that release, comes from the expression, comes from like forgetting your inhibitions. Mm. And it's nice to see people taking that, bringing that life back into dance music again. So so props to you guys for that. Um, And I mean... Generally, when you, I'd be interested to know your perspectives on specifically electronic music in comparison to other genres like hip hop where, you know, explicit lyrics um, and sexually suggestive content is a lot more um, prevalent. Do you think that is like a big difference? Or, for example, do you think electronic music is a little bit more prudish compared to to hip hop?
0: Fuck no. There's, (laughs) as a... Um, in like the German scene, I'd argue, is just as, as raunchy and like the, the subject matter, just German being German, has, it has such a potential of just like masking the most debaucherous act as something poetic. For instance, uh, one track being uh, for Sven Witt's Dein Schweiß is like your sweat, the the nectar of my longing or some shit. And it just sounds poetic, but he's just... He's, yeah, I feel um,
2: like Germans are crazy.
0: Or, I mean, shouts out to the OG, <laughs> fucking Frauenarzt, uh, he used to be on the index, uh, like the German uh, rap index was too hot for the radio, too hot for like public play, so they yeah. banned it. And that was like straight up porno rap, King Augustus 1. It's like super misogynistic in the, in it's like w- where it came from. But that was like the foundation and it's always been around and it's like the 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 German two live crew approach. Mm. DJ Reckless, uh King Augustus was One, Frauenarts, and they've laid the foundation for a lot of like, you know, the German scene. But as we get into more like marginalized uh, you know, territory, this doesn't really click because they've also been saying like some un PC shit at the end of the day, so they never made that transition and they're there for, you know. Mm-hmm. Respectively, in their underground category. Okay. So it exists.
1: How would you say, or if, if at all, being a couple has affected the way that you make this type of music?
0: <laughs> oh. It's been. Oh, this might be a, a pinching territory. <laughs> <laughs> right. oh.
2: mm, well, we've gotten into like big arguments. Ooh. Actually, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I have to kind of adapt to like making music with my boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like it's not like as like when I make music with DVD, I feel like a little bit more like I can be a little bit more like crazier with my lyrics. And then with him, I have to kind of like adapt. And I don't want to be too like too much or make Is him it? feel okay. too uncomfortable. Mm,
0: I mean, I guess we, In have, a way. we have to define like too much. Uh, because obviously, being like uh, sexually liberated artist and also being like a wife at the same time, um, it is, it is like there's a big divide. We always say like, let the music be the music, and it's it's just a song, and this is a persona. But yeah, that's obviously, what I tell um, Obviously, sometimes when lyrics are catered to, you know, maybe a a, a single a single uh, mindset. It's where the line sometimes gets blurred, where we've had it in the past before, where it was like, yo, know, like you could be doing this when yeah. when you're single, but I don't know if like, I mean, can I name the song?
2: Yeah, like I have a song called Boyfriends with DBBD, and it's like about me wanting more boyfriends—one want to like brush my hair, one to like take me on a date, you know, mm-hmm. one for each thing. Mm-hmm. And like when I showed it to him, he was like, "What the fuck?"
0: I was like, <laughs> I was
1: like he said, "Boyfriend mm-hmm. singular." <laughs> I want one boyfriend, and I'm married to him,
0: so... And I'm like, yo, where the fuck is my cast in the the fucking video? Yeah,
2: (laughs) but I'm like, it's a persona, and I also want to make music for, like, for the girlies, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and And it them feel...
0: And, yeah, yeah. obviously, you know, being uh, both freedom-loving people, uh, it's not my job to you know, prohibit something as a partner from her self-expression. That is, as long as I can come home and and, and feel loved, she can be saying anything she want on the record.
1: Period. <laughs> We'd love to see it. Uh, Miss Bashwell, when did you start describing your music as slut techno and what has the response been more?
2: Oh, Oh, uh, when did I start doing that? I don't even know. I think because our first, like, me and Dubd's first EP is called Slut Bops. Mm -hmm. So then, like, Ghetto Tech, Slut Tech. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of happened. And, yeah, honestly, I've seen, like, more, like, DJs and artists call their music Slut Tech and, like, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's starting to get out there more. Okay. I think it's been received good absolutely
0: (laughs) also I've been just coming from the festival there was like a lot of German speaking artists uh, that were rapping over similar engineered beats like I I took a video I haven't sent to you yet or showed you but I took like a video and was like yo this could be a DVD beat and like the way they're rapping over it seems uh, strangely inspired Mm -hmm. by some of the earlier productions so I mean it's I guess it's seen, okay, and that's a good thing.
1: Maybe, a, maybe a sort of a little movement, you yeah, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm here course, for it. Yeah. I, I, I even saw a tweet the other day that like techno needs to move out of like the 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 basic black all black leather fetish wear and get like we want to see girl, girlies yes, with their short skirts exactly. with, yeah. with the machine boots. I think shirts. there's going to be
2: like a huge wave of yeah. the girlies taking over. Absolutely.
1: Like. I, I look forward to it. Yeah. I've got the fits ready as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know whether my mum will be happy about <laughs> the Instagram post, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Like I feel like Mexican mothers and Nigerian mothers are probably the same. Yeah. So, yeah, probably. Same energy. <laughs> Thank you. Um do you have you ever encountered any difficulties of promoting your music given that different tech platforms censor different images or language? Oh,
2: Mm. yeah, like Instagram's always... I've gotten like three posts deleted, like Instagram is crazy. Yeah, three of
0: yours, like I think when you dropped uh, the slut bot or Hot European Summer, you couldn't post the the, the album uh, cover.
2: DVD's like um, cock was kind of in it with his pubes coming out (laughs) of the speedo and we couldn't post that, like this... A clip of me and uh, DJ Fuck Off's video from Porn Star got deleted because I think because we were saying, like, I'm a slut, I'm a slut. And like, she was pretending like she was like fucking me. Instagram didn't like that. <laughs> there was also a video of me and um, you. Um, What's like, my name? <laughs> you. Me, me and this thing. This uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, making out and like just being sexy together. And Instagram took it down too. Like, so now I feel like I have to be. Now I'm, like, careful with what yeah. I post. Like, I don't want to get my stuff deleted. Like, we try to, like, tone it down a little bit. We, like, we try to be careful on Instagram, mm-hmm. honestly.
0: Yeah, I think we're, like, both two strikes in and the third one, you're out. And yeah, then we, our,
2: we were shadow banned for a yeah. minute. And
0: then out goes our, our business card, too, because, yeah. it, like, promoters work with IG and the metrics yeah. from IG. So...
1: Which is kind of a shame, to be honest, because, you know, I feel like we should be so much more than just this one platform. We all know you who know?
0: those people in suits are. You know. <laughs> Remember? And, we,
2: and we can't even... Really do our content on TikTok because they're even more stricter yeah. on there. Mm. So it's like, what do we do? We yeah.
0: move to fucking Twitter and have Elon okay, fucking crazy, shadow us.
1: That's about to go down.
2: So I maybe pick a
1: different one. You know, mm. like, it's not looking too cute for that. But I mean, who knows? Maybe there'll be a resurgence of Tumblr or yeah, some other platform. MySpace, wanna... I'd
0: be yeah. here for that.
2: Yes, <laughs> or the OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> if they would only make an app.
2: <laughs> if they made an app it would be so much easier' yeah. there's no there's no any fans app it's no. a
0: it's like a web app you uh, to, yeah. like you have to use your browser
1: okay but honestly that could be a business model you know like of literally like bringing fans to your content yeah like, mm-hmm.
0: thing being that Apple doesn't want to promote the, uh, the the writing of like the app that's mm-hmm. why because it's like unage age restricted so okay the app store, I mean
1: Fair enough.
0: Yeah, so we're going to have to reinvent some. some sort of wheel.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, but I, I believe in your vision. You'll find you'll find a way. Yeah, where, where there's a will, there's a way. Wonderful. That was so, really fast. It was very fast, but honestly, loved your approaches, love your thoughts, love the reclamation of thank the you. sexual you energy. Thank you. You amazing. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. Just trying thinking. to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Um, and enjoy the rest of your ratchet day. Um, thank wishing you the so best, much. Of course. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. God God bless. Short and sweet. And now, let's take a look at the other headlines that mattered this week. Boycott face scanning. Have you ever had your face scanned at a concert or a club? It actually happened to me for the first time this year in a cloakroom at a venue in London. And it was a pretty surreal feeling, like an episode from Black Mirror. I probably should have read the terms and conditions, actually. (laughs) Last week, hundred artists pledged to boycott venues that use face-scanning surveillance technology. It's already in use at a number of high-profile venues in the U.S., including Madison Square Garden. Companies say that they're using it to increase efficiency and security, but people who are criticizing the technology say that it's inaccurate, morally corrupt, and creates more harm instead of reducing it. And now, a pledge has called to ban face-scanning tech at all live venues. The list of supporters includes members from Rage Against the Machine, Boots Riley, and punk band Anti Flag. The pledge was also signed by smaller independent venues in the USA, and if you feel like you want to support this boycott for live venues, you can sign the petition as a fan. Just check the show notes for the link. Chicago Warehouse Update On this podcast, we've already talked about The Warehouse. That's the legendary Chicago club that's considered the birthplace of what we now call house music. It was closed about 40 years ago, but the building is still standing. Many have argued that the original building adds cultural value to the city of Chicago, and so it needs to be preserved. And now that has been made official. The warehouse was just granted permanent landmark status, which means that it cannot be demolished or reconstructed. This is a huge success for the preservation of dance music culture, and it all happened pretty fast. The building was sold to new owners a couple of months ago, and people were afraid that they might tear it down to build office spaces or a hotel or condos or whatever. So about 13,000 people signed a petition to save the building. Then it was granted preliminary landmark status only a couple of weeks ago, and now the warehouse will stay where it belongs forever. Drake's IG captions book. What does Drake have in common with Joni Mitchell, Lana Del Rey, and Kate Bush? Well, they all have published poetry books. Drake just announced that he has a new album on the way, but before that, he has released a book called Titles Ruin Everything, a stream of consciousness by Kenza Samir and Aubrey Graham. I don't know if I need to read any poetry by Drake, to be honest, but what I do need is the video of DJ Khaled reacting to the book.
2: Listen, the boy different. The boy, let me tell you, the minute you think you figured out the boy, the man writes a
1: book. Thanks to DJ Khaled, we're able to hear some of the jams that Drake is dropping in the book for free. Drake wrote this book together with his songwriting partner, Kendra Samir, and Khaled has some opinions to share.
2: The man wrote a book. He wrote a sentence. Y'all think I'm joking up? She suffers from main character syndrome, if you ask me. I told her I'm going crazy. She said, without me.
1: So the book is really just one-liners that read like Drake lyrics. Or as some people at Hypebeast magazine put in their headline, Drake's poetry book is 168 pages of corny IG captions. Hashtag YOLO, I guess. Why does the new Zelda sound so good? It's almost two months since Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was released, and people are really enjoying it. Like, seriously. It has some of the best ratings from users and critics as well. And besides the look and the gameplay, there's one thing that gamers are really impressed with. The sound design. After two months, people are still sharing their feelings and excitement on social media about how they were mesmerized when they first heard the sound of the rain hitting the paraglider in the game or even just the main character Link eating something. So the game really seems to be a dream come true for ASMR lovers. The sound design and the original soundtrack was done by the sound director Hajime Wakai. He worked on many Super Mario games and scored the last Zelda games too. If you want to get an idea of how he does it, there's a pretty impressive YouTube video in which YouTuber David Lapp recreates some of the sounds of the game with pretty strange tools. Check the show notes for the link. Before I let you go, it's recommendation time. This week, it's Nathan McKay. He's an electronic music producer, and his next album is called To the God Named Dream. It drops on the acclaimed Lucky Me label this coming August. He's also a composer for film and TV, scoring hit shows like HBO's Industry and the 2023 movie Reality with Sidney Sweeney. And we asked him about a record he originally hated, but now loves.
2: Hey there, this is Nathan McKay. You know, sometimes there's just records you hate when they come out and you just don't understand it, but you learn to love it. And I'd say a lot of my favorite records these days fall into that category. And one of my favorite artists these days fall into that category. I remember when someone handed me One O tricks point R-plus-7, when I was a wee 22-year-old, and I thought, what is this? What is this weird collage of sounds that seemingly don't go together? But now, I would say that it's one of the most influential records I've got in my collection, and it's had a huge impact on me as time has gone by and as I've gotten older.
0: And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks so much, EB, for having me.
1: Make sure to check out Nathan's recommendation in the show notes. And also make a big fat cross in your calendar for August 4th. That's the release date of Nathan's new album. Thanks, Nathan. That's all for the week this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back here next Thursday. Take care and have a good week. The Week is a production by Telecom Electronic Beats and ACB Stories.